7.33 nearly, and France recently approved a, a pioneering 3% tax on revenue generated by large digital companies in its territory, even if their headquarters are elsewhere. With many issues raised by digitalization and the shortcomings of the current transfer pricing system, last week the G7 finance ministers and central bank governors agreed the need to improve the digital tax framework. But as the new plan aims the biggest U.S. technology companies in particular, Google, Amazon, Facebook, eBay, Apple. Tensions between Washington and Paris have been brewing. At this point, is there an acceptable international solution for global multinationals? Let's now bring in Professor Lillian Fallhaber from Georgetown University's Law Center. Good morning to you. Good morning. Now we're really seeing tech giants able to pay little or or no corporate tax in countries where they don't have a large physical presence. Could you give us more information on how digital taxes actually work and and what companies they apply to? Sure. So the issue under the current international tax system is that income taxes generally require a company to be in the country in order for the country to impose taxing jurisdiction. And so if you are a company who is able to sell services to customers or otherwise earn revenue without having to be in the country, you don't necessarily owe income taxes. So what these taxes are trying to do is they're trying to address that situation. And France's tax is essentially a tax on revenue. It's like a sales tax, but it's a different version of it. So it doesn't require the same physical presence. It just requires that the revenue be seen as having been earned in France. There are a lot of other proposed digital taxes in other countries and that the OECD is currently considering that have different models. But what all of them are trying to do is they're all trying to find a way to address the current situation of companies being able to earn revenues even when they're not located in the country. Well, digital services continue to supplant numerous physical products anyway. Uh, e-tailers, as they're known, internet websites continue to, to replace shops and physical establishments. In the case of France, what area would digital taxes primarily target? So France's digital services tax applies to three different types of digital services. It's the provision of a platform where you can have sales of digital services or, or, or of any types of products. It's also the sale of user data, and it's targeting advertising to users based on their data. So it's generally big social network companies and companies that provide a space for consumers to sell to other consumers or for businesses to sell to other businesses. Have we seen many other countries propose similar taxes then? We have seen lots of countries propose similar taxes. So the European Union proposed a tax very similar to France's. The United Kingdom has proposed one and says that it plans to implement it in 2020. Spain has proposed one. Austria has proposed one. And if we look in a, at a bigger context, a lot of other countries have been trying to address this issue with their own version of digital taxes. Think countries like Israel have been trying to do this, South Africa. Countries around the world have been trying to target these, these same types of companies. The finance ministers of these G7 countries then have agreed that there's an urgent need to address the tax challenges posed by 
the digitalization of the economy. Instead, they fully support the proposed two-pillar approach that's been developed by the G20 and OECD. Can you elaborate a little further on the on the significance of those G7 nations making that announcement? Sure. So this has been seen as fairly controversial by the United States because so many of these companies are based in the United States. And so the fact that the G7 has come out and supported the current OECD project means that there's actually sort of support from the biggest countries and that this suggests that the OECD project, which has promised a solution by the end of 2020, could be moving closer to some sort of political support. But what exactly does the OECD's proposal entail? Well, so the OECD is currently in the process of reaching agreement. So the OECD has 131 countries that are participating in this. So it's not just the OECD members. It's also the members of the so-called inclusive framework. And they are currently considering what's called this two-pillar approach. There are three different types of taxes that are under the first pillar, and there are two different types of taxes that are under the second pillar. And the general idea is that the first pillar of taxes are focusing just on the issues of digitalization, and the second pillar is more of a worldwide minimum tax, which would which would ensure that companies, no matter where they're taxed, have to pay taxes somewhere and have to pay a certain amount of taxes. Unlike the France and UK situations, we've actually seen the likes of Ireland and Luxembourg seem reluctant to be on board with the idea. Why would that be? So we saw this when the European Union proposed its own digital services tax. It was not able to get the unanimous support of all of its 28 member states. And one reason is that some of these member states actually benefit from the current tax situation. They have many of these big tech companies located in their jurisdictions, and they've been able to impose taxes. So there's some sense that some countries are benefiting from the current situation, while other countries are trying to challenge it. And the countries that are benefiting are, are concerned about any changes. So coming back to this stance of the U.S. not happy about the threatening action against uh, its countries, it is counter-threatening legal action against France over its pioneering digital tax. What what are the risks of France taking unilateral actions then, uh, going in alone with its digital tax? So I think the concern with any of these unilateral actions, so France going going it alone, the UK, if it ends up doing this in 2020, is that companies could end up being subject to a multitude of different taxes. So they could end up having the same revenue taxed multiple times. There's also a concern that these taxes may not be as successful at raising, raising revenue for multiple countries if all of the countries are trying to tax the same income and are trying to claim the right to tax income that's already been taxed. Right. U.S. technology companies in Silicon Valley have have shared concerns about double taxation, though. Can Can you give us a little bit more on that? Sure. So 
as I said early, one of the issues with the current income tax system is that the income taxes don't apply if you don't have a physical presence. But a lot of these taxes are trying to apply on top of the existing income tax system. So one of the concerns of tech companies is that they could be subject to income tax in one or more countries and also be subject to revenue taxes on revenue on top of sort of along with the income. So they're concerned that they could essentially be double or triple or quadruple taxed on essentially the same money that's been that they've already been taxed on under income taxes. What's your own view? What what kinds of reforms should be carried out to address uh, the concerns that existing international systems could be outdated, for example? Well, I think that the best option that we have right now is looking for a multilateral solution at the OECD. And the reason I think that is just because of the double taxation concerns I just mentioned and the concerns that countries won't actually be able to to raise revenue. So I think the OECD still needs to do some work to get the political support for one or more of the proposals that it's considering. But I think what you can see with all these countries, including France, proposing new taxes is that countries will not be satisfied with the status quo that we have. And if the OECD does not reach a multilateral agreement, then we're going to be left with lots of unilateral taxes. And that seems like the worst possible outcome. And is there a significant distinction then in the way the US would respond between, say, dealing with OECD-led changes and maybe EU-led changes? Well, the U.S. is part of the OECD process. The U.S. is a member of the OECD, and the U.S. is participating in the current project. And so if this is a project where the U.S. has been part of the consensus, I can't speak for the U.S. government, but it seems more likely that the U.S. would support something it had been part of and it had actually ended up approving compared to something that even if it's an EU-wide process, the U.S. was not part of that and the U.S. may be less likely to see that as legitimate. On the very specific question uh, of Britain, by the way, you said the change set to come into force next year there. Now a new prime minister who seems to be very friendly with President Donald Trump. And of course, it may not uh, soon be even part of the European Union. I mean, as things currently stand, based on the promises of the new prime minister, that's going to go ahead um, as as expected later this year. So uh, what are your feelings on, on that complication? Does that throw a spanner in the Britain part of this equation? Well, I think Britain has a lot of complexity going on right now. So I think no one can quite predict what's going to happen there in terms of Brexit, in terms of the likelihood of legislation. But the UK tax authorities have just came out a few days ago with specific guidance about their digital services tax. Now, the new prime minister could change all of this, but it seems as if they've been moving forward and that they think that this is politically popular with their citizens and voters. So we can't predict what's going to happen, but it seems very possible that they will continue moving forward with this and implement it in 2020, unless, again, there's an OECD-wide agreement and the OECD-wide agreement will not be affected by Brexit because the UK has announced no plans to change its involvement with with the OECD. Well, thank you, Professor, for bringing to life the subject of taxation, which normally um, many of us (laughs) run for the hills from. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Professor Lillian Falhaber from Georgetown University's Law Centre. The time is 7.44. Let's get to our news bite with Yana Shin.